Welcome to the Akashic Reading Podcast, presented by AkashicReading.com, the place where you can learn to access your soul's wisdom, or at least stop digging the hole any deeper. I'm your host, Teriuktena, and today we'll be looking at how to use the Akashics to review what the takeaways are from this year and prepare for 2017. Ever stood in the midst of the Christmas wreckage and carnage, feeling completely sated? And then it hits you. The new year is coming. Yes, spring cleaning shouldn't happen until spring. But this week, before the new year rolls in, there's an opportunity for sorting through what happened this year and getting ready for the new one. There are times when this feels like a lovely respite, a quiet time for reflection and enlightenment. There are others when it feels like a guilty scramble to get in all the things we promised we would do last year and haven't done yet, as if working out heavily for the next three days is going to lose that 30 pounds and make up for all the lattes and the just this once. New Year's is a wonderful holiday full of promise and joy and expectation. It's like the universe is giving us a present of a whole year with no mistakes in it, to misquote Anne of Green Gables. Of course, there are many people who will celebrate this so heartily they will have mistake number one on New Year's Day when they wake up with a hangover or something or someone else. But why argue with tradition? Setting that aside... The new year is usually when we look back at the year behind us with gratitude and regret and make resolutions on how we're going to move forward from here, usually by doing things differently. New Year's resolutions are the butt of a million jokes because we tend to make them so grand and unattainable we can't hold the course for more than a couple of weeks and then we chuck the entire enterprise going back to the way we've been doing things all along. It's a weird exercise in futility or in self-validation of our inability to achieve. But it doesn't have to be. Really, most resolutions are just self-abuse. We have no intention of actually succeeding with them. We devise them to seem logical and doable. But they're really like the quest for the Holy Grail. They'll take all of our time and attention, require us to let go of our regular lives, and they're unattainable to all but a very few. Of course the inevitable happens. Within a week to a month, we've given up on all of it, and perhaps even forgotten that we started in that direction. Life goes back to the way it was before, more or less. But, then we can say we tried, and yet be released from such a drastic change. This seems harmless on the surface, and everyone makes light of it knowing that achieving or even acting on New Year's resolutions has a very low chance of ever happening. However, what's actually going on is self-abuse. The resolutions we set for ourselves usually fall into two categories. Things we think we should do because other people think we should, or things that are dear to our hearts that we truly wish to achieve. In either case, stating out loud that we're going to do these things 
tells our hearts and minds and bodies and even soul that we are going to work towards this goal and give ourselves this reward. What happens when we don't is we lose confidence in ourselves. Emotionally, we're hurt in ways we have unfortunately come to accept and even expect. We set ourselves up to fail and we succeed in failing. This is something I point out to clients, contrary to what they believe. They're amazingly successful in what they actually set out to do with these types of resolutions, which is to fail. Through them, we reiterate to ourselves, we are incapable of achieving our dreams or those dreams we're told to have, and in so doing, make ourselves less. So the year is a failure from the outset, and any victories or gains that we make only fill in some of the debt we've created within ourselves. For most people, I recommend you don't make resolutions at all. Why set yourself up to fail? Choose to do things differently. This year, make a New Year's resolution not to set any goals you can't achieve. Set no goals that don't come from your own dreams. Be your own best advocate and make this year a win-win situation by being reasonable and practical. This year, choose to succeed at creating the life you deserve one piece at a time. Rome wasn't made in a day and neither were you. It's great to reach for the stars, but if you want to actually touch them, you should probably start with building a ladder and then climb it one rung at a time. If we think of our life as the work of an architect, and each new year as the time when we receive our new budget and the freedom to create anything we want as long as it connects and improves on what is already existing, then we can see resolutions as the chance to draw up new plans. We can renovate and restore, we can invent entirely new rooms or even wings. We can explore landscaping, water features, or new materials. We can go searching for good deals, recycled gems, and continue to create our own unique masterpiece. If we are the architect of our lives, then there is nothing broken about us at all. Our needs may have changed. Our style aesthetic shifts with time. We may no longer need a powder room and instead want a mudroom. We may need to convert a closet into a spa bathroom for our master suite. We may now need stained glass windows and a grand staircase. We're capable of making these changes. We have the budget. If we don't yet have the necessary know-how, we will. Like all construction, Plans translate into reality as the work meets the materials, as time and experience breathe life into us, creating beauty and wisdom. You can choose whether you punish yourself with Herculean tasks or offer a chance to design new architectural plans for building your life. This is a fresh new year with no mistakes in it. How you navigate it is up to you. However, this doesn't mean you shouldn't sift and sort through what has gone on this year, keeping what you've learned and what is going to help you become more of yourself this coming year, 
and recycling the rest. Nor does it mean you shouldn't set concrete and specific intentions for the year ahead. This time of year, the week between this and that, is a great time to take a pause, get situated, and start the new year fresh. One of the ways I like to do this is in my room in the Akashics. If you've taken any of my classes, you'll know each of us has a room in the Akashics which is just for us. It's where we can go to study things, practice skills, meet with our guides or with healers, meet up with our animal guide, and so much more. The room reflects our needs and our personality, changing as we change. It's a place full of opportunities for so much, and at this time of year, it's perfect for sorting and sifting. Going there with the intention to review this year and prepare for the next, each person's room will look remarkably different from other visits because it will be strewn with symbols of all we've done and been and connected with. Items representing people, jobs, hobbies, events, relationships, and so much more will be everywhere. For some people, it will look like Santa's workshop exploded. For others, it will be full of cozy scents and plush items with firelight and candles everywhere. Everything of import we have worked with, dealt with, and been will be represented there in some fashion, usually in objects which can be moved about, handled, or worn. These items are very precise representations, such as a broken bicycle representing a failed relationship, or a burnt and torn teddy bear representing an abusive childhood which still echoes in the person's life today. There will be bright and new shiny things, like a sealed deck of cards representing a new friendship, or a Barbie desk representing a new job. There will be action figures representing current family and friends. There will also be items which represent things for the new year. Some are probabilities, because you and others have put them in motion, and they're on track to be manifested. Others are dreams which you once again have the possibility of acting on. Distant dreams might appear in faded watercolor drawings, while near possibilities might be bright and shiny objects which are front and center. All of this will be mixed together all over the room. Each item is an opportunity to take stock of your life to date, acknowledge, have gratitude for, and make choices about what is to come. You create your future. It doesn't happen to you. This is an opportunity to set the course for this coming year in a conscious and practical way. The energy between you and your room doesn't flow only in one direction. Working with the items there is not just a mental exercise. Making changes in the room makes changes within you and the world around you. It changes what energies you carry in your body therefore changing what you manifest around you and what you attract. During this week, I recommend going to your room daily and working with the materials there. Each has a story to tell. Each has amazing amounts of wisdom to share. You'll find there's a bin by the door for recycling, where you can put the items which you no longer wish to keep, 
or which no longer serve you. There will be a workbench or table to place things which need work or repair, and things which you wish to have can be brought into the room. If there's something you want, some dream you want to accomplish, or some project you wish to start, focus on it, keep it foremost in your mind, and you'll be drawn to an area of the room where a symbol for it will appear as if it's always been there. Where you display things and how has quite a bit of meaning. Putting something above the fireplace in a place of honor is different than leaning it up in a corner out of the way. Removing all the furniture and dolls from a dollhouse so it's empty is different from setting them up in luxury and bliss, which is different from setting them up so each is alone in a room, which is different from setting them up in a scene where they're all fighting. Each has meaning, and each is an energetic message, which will radiate out from you setting the intention for the year. Putting dolls representing you and your loved ones in a car moving over a map of a particular area sets an intention, which is different than filling the space with potted plants and flowers. I could go on and on, but each room is unique, and each of us has unique aspects which we need to accept and validate, we need to embrace and call in, and we need to work on to heal. Being able to view our life symbolically and viscerally can help us work with it consciously and allow us a great deal more clarity concerning what the bigger picture is, how we affect it, and where we can go in the year ahead. If I may, I suggest that, along with everything else you may do, you choose at least one dream to work on this year. It can be small. It can be grand. Don't set yourself up for failure. It can be old. It can be new. But pick one and put it in the mix. Set your logical brain with all of its nagging doubts and worries and can'ts to the side, and let yourself build a beautiful, harmonious space from all the things you have to work with. Fiddle and futz with it until your heart feels full and it feels like it's done. Then let your logic brain look it over and find the meaning in all of it. Logic doesn't get to change anything, not one hair. It just gets to catalog and acknowledge and connect all the dots. Once it's done, don't second guess. Just say yes and welcome in the new year. It's going to be a great one. And that's all the time we have this week. Next week, we'll be exploring how to work with things beyond soul books and the Akashics. If you're interested in knowing more, check out my website, akashicreading.com. Thanks. Bye.